Welcome on in to the Superintendent Radio Network and episode 19 of Off the Course, the podcast that takes you inside the lives and loves of golf course superintendents and other turf pros. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, and I'm joined today by Ben Hartman. Ben used to work on golf courses, now he spends his days and many nights in ballparks. Ben is the first head groundskeeper of the Wichita Wind Surge, the AA minor league affiliate of the Minnesota Twins, and a brand new team scheduled to play its first home game at Riverfront Stadium at the corner of Sycamore and Maple in Wichita, Kansas. Tonight, tonight, weather permitting. Ben grew up playing baseball, but he fell in love with turf when he started working at his local golf course at age 15. That took him to Iowa Central, where he studied turf grass management. He worked on the Houston Astros game day grounds crew in 2017 and 2018, and was the assistant groundskeeper for the AAA Round Rock Express in 2019 and 2020. What really sets Ben apart at just 24 years old is what he did in 2018 when he was the assistant superintendent at Magnolia Creek Golf Club, a 27-hole facility almost exactly halfway between Houston and Galveston, and worked on the game day crew for the Astros. Now, plenty of folks have worked on a golf course and in sports turf, but at the same time, Ben might be in a class by himself. Off the Course is sponsored by AquaAid Solutions. For more than 30 years, AquaAid Solutions has helped turf managers around the world develop comprehensive agronomic plans to produce healthy, environmentally aware, safe, natural grass playing surfaces. They're proud to deliver best-in-class solutions for management of key elements for a healthy and sustainable plant system. Their solutions include wetting agents, soil surfactants, calcium and potassium products, and worm power turf, all of which help the end user optimize their agronomic programs. Incorporating AquaAid Solutions' technologically advanced active ingredients with cutting-edge equipment technology and IMANTS, Vrito Seeders, and Seagrow Mobile Grow Systems, Turf managers are offered synergistic solutions, delivering long-lasting agronomic value, improved aesthetics, and playability. Thanks to AquaAid Solutions for their continued support of Off the Course. And now, Wichita Wind Surge Head Groundskeeper, Ben Hartman. My guest again on Off the Course is Ben Hartman, a former golf turf pro, but right now the first head groundskeeper in the history of the Wichita Wind Surge. Ben, welcome to Off the Course. How are you doing? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me. So before we get to anything else, you are going through some tremendous hoops to make this podcast possible. I reached out to you last week. You said, well, let's do this time and this place. You are actually in a car driving between Wichita, where you work now, and Kansas City, where you grew up for Mother's Day. And so we've just been talking for the better part of an hour. So thank you for making it work from the road. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I mean, I really wanted to give you some time and not just be a quick 30 minutes that we normally have when we're actually at work. And so this really worked out well. And thank you for working with me as well. You are a captive audience, and, and I'm not going anywhere at the moment. So... Folks listening in to the podcast and regular listeners 
would normally expect a golf course superintendent, maybe an assistant superintendent in this spot. They might not expect a baseball groundskeeper, but your history, I'm working on a story about minor league baseball groundskeepers over the last year, 15 months, and found you and read your bio, and not only is your baseball history very interesting, but for a while you were working a major league baseball grounds crew job and you were an assistant at a private golf club, Magnolia Creek, at the same time. Now, I've asked around, I've asked some people who would know, you might be the only person who has worked on a major or minor league baseball grounds crew and at a golf course at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a really good experience, but it, it's, it's tough. It's some long days. I mean, I was getting up at 4 in the morning and uh, getting to work and working from five to would usually try to leave around two, but it wasn't leaving three o'clock or so. And then zipping up to minute Maid. And fortunately, if you're from Houston or no Houston uh, traffic there, it's tough. And so it'd take me an hour and then I'd get to minute Maid for four thirty and be working a baseball game from five to hopefully 11 and then get back home at eleven thirty, shower, do it all over again the next day. It was some real long days and a real long summer, but uh, it paid off. I wouldn't change it for the world. So if we backtrack for just a minute, just to give folks your background, you majored in turf grass management, Iowa Central, graduated in 2017. You started with the Kansas City T-Bones, which is a an independent baseball team that's been in Kansas City for, gosh, I don't know, at least 20 years, maybe longer. And then you landed an internship with the Houston Astros. Yes. Around that yep. same time, a little later maybe, maybe after you got into Houston, was when you started at Magnolia Creek. What was your what was your entry point to Houston? Was it just applying for that grounds crew internship, or, or how did you get to the Astros? Yeah, so it was. I applied for the internship in 2017. It was a fall internship, so it ran from September to December. And it just, it was insane. I had so much fun being an intern. And as an intern, I was at the, uh, I was at Minute Maid every single day. Um, I was a full-time guy just at $8 an hour. Uh, that's what an intern does. And I, I knew that was a really good end, though. Um, so my internship ends, and I don't have any idea what I want to do next. I was just going to go back home, and I knew I wanted to be in turf, and, and that was my goal, but it, I didn't have a spot. I didn't know where I was going, and so just thinking about it, I asked uh, my boss at the Astros if I could get on the game day grounds, and he said, not a problem. Transitioned me over. I got a 25-cent raise, and then was going to come back and start working in January, and um you know, but game day grounds, you're just a part-time guy. So you come in on extra events and help and just come in on game days. So I was like, okay, where do I go from here? So I knew, just started asking around some golf courses and uh, emailed the superintendent at one and explained my situation. And he said, I don't have a spot for you, but I know somebody who does. I get a phone call from uh, Sue there. And great guy. We had a great working relationship. And I get a phone call and says, hey, Ellie, here you're looking for a job. What, what are you looking for? I was like, whatever you got, full-time, part-time, whatever you can do. And uh, he says, how's an assistant sound? And huh. I was 20 years old at that time. So I was very taken back that he was hiring me as an assistant. And I said, that sounds great, but I don't feel I'm 
in the ready for an assistant. He goes, it's fine. I need an assistant and, um, <laughs> you know, I could train you. And so that's how that became. And I started as a, in January of 2018 as a full-time assistant superintendent on a 27 hole golf course. Who is the superintendent at Magnolia Creek? Uh, his name's Chris Lepore and he's still there. And he and I still talk and text and call each other back and forth and, great guy really learned a lot from him uh in my time there and, and really enjoyed it so chris hires you as an assistant 27 holes how many guys or, or how many people i should say were on the crew there i think we were staff at 12 had a couple summer guys and then uh i want to say eight full-timers so yeah it was uh it, it's good a little staff i mean as everybody knows in the golf course industry and, and it seems like any industry right now it's severely understaffed but uh, we were able to get it done and, and had a good good group. Even in a pandemic, I, I bring this up on a lot of podcasts, but our state of the industry last year, dealing with COVID was, I think, 38% of respondents said that would be their biggest challenge for 2021. 53% still said labor. Labor is always the number one issue. <laughs> it's never a surprise. Labor is a tough, tough deal right now. The well's dry. You know, it sucks. Uh, I love this industry. Anybody that's in this industry knows the labor intensive that comes with it. And for whatever reason, there's just not that many uh, people that want to do hard work anymore. It kind of sucks. You, though, working hard for, if I'm doing the math in my head right, if we include your commute between the course and the ballpark, you were working, at least during home stands for the Astros, about, what, 18, 19 hours a day? Is that right? Yeah, it was... uh, it was around there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was tough. And then only getting four hours of sleep yeah. a, a night. I mean, I, the longest one I did was 168 hours in 13 days. Uh, and you do the math. I mean, people do 80 hours in 14 days. And so I doubled that and then some plus minus a day. That's wild. That's, yeah, that's about 90 hours a week works out to over a 13-day span. You were you were twenty. I think you you turned twenty one right at the end of the season. That's about the only age I think a person and a body is able to handle a workload like that. What what was it like? I mean, like you said, you're you're working from four to about three on the course. Get to the ballpark about four p.m. You're there, hopefully, till only about eleven p.m. It wears you down. It's tough, but knowing that there's a little bit of a break coming. So with the baseball, you know, you have a home stand, and then. I got to, I obviously didn't go to work when the team went on the road. So it was, it was resting hard when that break did come. Luckily on the golf course too, I worked every other weekend. So I would get Saturdays and Sundays off and just taking the rest when it came. And then when you you were in that time period, naps were really helpful. So I'd, I'd eat lunch real quick and take a quick 20 minute snooze. And then I'd get to the ballpark, I'd help them out, we'd set up, and then I'd take a quick 20 minute snooze. And then the game would start, and I'd be able to take another quick 20 minutes soon. So, I mean, that really helped. But it, it wears you out mentally and physically. It was tough, but it was fun. I don't have the 2018 Astros schedule in front of me, so I don't remember what the longest road trips were for them. But, I mean, you really, you probably never had many long stretches longer than, what, 12 or 13 days without yeah. long, long, um, long then- days. And then if we had those long breaks, they usually try to do something in between. Hmm. So that uh, 168-hour deal uh, also included a concert, cleaning up a concert, narrating, and then 
uh, homestand in there. So I was, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I'm 37, and I remember working long, long hours and weeks. Not quite that extreme, but I've worked, you know, a handful of 80, 90-hour weeks in the past. What would push you, like, in the first place to try to do both? What, what was the thinking other than learning a lot and doubling your income? I played baseball for 16 years and majoring in turf management. So a quick little even farther history. My first uh, job was on a golf course on the grounds crew at 15 years old. I was too young to operate any of the equipment yet. You had to be 16. So I got all the um, work that nobody wanted to do, and I loved it. I thought I was going to be on the golf course for the rest of my life. And then I started to realize that you can actually also get into the sports turf side. And so I, that's, I pursued that degree. Well, as I was doing that, I just realized that working for the Astros on the grounds crew was a good end to the sports turf side. But I also couldn't just work a part-time job at 825 an hour. So I was more so working golf because I'd been in it already and I knew it. But I also was able to learn. But I was also supporting myself as a being on my own in a big city. And in terms of, obviously, the finances, they worked out. You made enough to, to live in Houston for a couple years. What, what did you learn turf-wise? Because growing turf is growing turf, but there are a lot of differences in terms of the details between golf courses and baseball stadiums. I just got so much. I was able to take in so much on both sides. Golf course you're maintaining, we were at 250 acres. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's tough because you kind of got to prioritize greens, tees, fairways, rough bunkers you know you and then the native areas barely get anything so golf course i learned the turf side the science so i was my boss had me on the spray rig um at, at least once a week if not two or three times a week i was spraying greens uh, you know learning the the foliar side and what are we doing then aerating top dressing the whole nine and then i'd go over and switch over to baseball what a lot of people don't realize that in baseball is actually mowing is really only about 10% of your job where on a golf course, you could spend all day long on a fairway mower, you know, baseball, it's flipped. So you're really working on the dirt, the infield surface, the mound, the plate. There's a lot more details that go into it. But what I like is that it's two acres. So you can really hone in and focus on, two acres of grass versus 250. There's room to get lost on a golf course, especially a 27-hole facility that covers 250 acres. There's not a lot of room to get lost on a on a Major League Baseball field. Exactly. If folks aren't big baseball fans, your first few months in Houston, uh, that fall internship, September to December, you wound up watching the World Series, and it even says in your, in your bio for the wind surge, it's tough how the team will be remembered. Uh, but it was still an incredible experience getting to work at such a high level during the playoffs. That was the Astros team that, of course, thanks to Carlos Beltran, a longtime Kansas City Royal, who you probably grew up watching, kind of instituted that that uh, trash can banging uh, system to try to tip some pitches off. Still won the World Series yeah. and still had a lot of incredible, incredible players. I'm just curious, because I've, I've been a baseball fan all my life. You're up close. What is the thrill? Because this is the off-the-course 
portion of this episode. What was the thrill like to see guys like Justin Verlander and George Springer and Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve and I can't remember if Zach yeah. Greinke was on the team at that point, another Kansas City Royal. Yeah, so right away, I mean, you get in and you're told the players are here to do a job too. Mm-hmm. And just like anybody else uh, in a, a working environment, you don't go up to your coworker and ask them for autographs and ask them for stupid stuff, right? It's not stupid stuff, but it's understand that these guys are here to do a job. You don't go up and talk to them. If they come up and talk to you, you can talk to them, which a lot of the players were really cool. They did. They asked us how we were doing how things are going and, and that but you know so it was it was really cool to be around them but when you're working in the sports world you kind of get into this oh they're just my coworker. they're just here to do another job too you know and so in a way it takes that and this can be good or bad but it takes that uh starstruck fan experience out of it if that makes sense sure no i mean you're around it every day and you know i've covered major league baseball for a little bit, a little little shorter than you worked on a on a major league field, and you know you get you get used to it. You need something from them; they need something from you. Your job is to make sure that they can do their job well. Okay. Especially while you were doing both jobs, were there moments during the season when you might have been at the golf course and you were thinking that physically, mentally, you needed to be doing something on the ballpark? You're at the stadium, and maybe it's you think for a minute, oh wait, I'm not at the golf course, I don't need to do this or this. Were there were there moments where you mentally just kind of felt like you were in the other place? Um, not really, just because it was, uh, I blame the Houston traffic, but <laughs> it gave me a good hour to uh, reset and then shift my focus, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would think about at the ballpark what I needed to do the next day at the golf course, and the Going to the ballpark was a little bit easier because what we needed to do was already laid out for us. Being a game day grounds, I was the lowest of the low. You just kind of you get told what to do and you go do it. Uh, being an assistant soup, I did. I had to. Uh, I took care of field records and ordering materials and time managing the guys. You know, approving timesheets and uh, and assigning daily tasks. So if I was at the ballpark, I would think, okay, well, I'm gonna put. Javi here tomorrow, and then, you know, this, that, or the other, but that was kind of the, the majority of it. Any lessons learned on the golf course, turf-wise, that you were able to apply to the field at Minute Maid, or vice versa, lessons you learned at the ballpark that you applied at Magnolia Creek? Yeah, um, that really helped me prepare for employee management, and not to try to brag or put myself higher than anybody else because we all had a job to do, but my boss at Minuteman kind of saw that and would allow me to be in a spot to help other of the other game day guys out if I needed to. I can't really say there was much I took from baseball to golf, but golf to baseball for sure. Hmm. Um, and then later, uh, golf really got me comfortable on a sprayer. So that was nice being able to have that experience. I mentioned that I have not come across any other turf pros who have worked on a golf course and a ballpark simultaneously. There are, of course, folks who go between the two of them. One of the higher-profile uh, golf to sports turf figures is probably Travis Hogan, who's in Kansas City, the Chiefs groundkeeper. Do you yep. do you talk with any of the uh, the golf to sports turf folks out there? 
I got to know a lot of the Texas sports turf guys. Um, I'm just new to Wichita. Wichita is still kind of considered the Kansas City area and just a little far out. It's going to be tough. Uh, I've gotten to meet the guys a handful of times, whether it's been a Steema or here or there. I'm not sure if they remember who I was, especially because my first conference I was, uh, I think, like 21 or 22. <laughs> and it was just, uh, I know who you are. This is very cool to get to meet you type thing. But I know I know of Trevor Vance, Travis Hogan, some of those bigger names, if you will, in the sports industry. Obviously, George Thomas from Kansas City, too. And, sure. um, so I know of those guys, and I've already gotten to meet some reps who – have come down and, and see me and Wichita and they're like, remember up in Kansas City, we'd love to introduce you. I know that maybe one day it'll come. Um, and I look forward to it. And, uh, but always, I'm, I still actually kind of lean on my guys down in Texas just because uh, I, I got to spend a lot of time there. And obviously that's who I got to know. So I know, you know, the head guy for the Astros, obviously, uh, Izzy, he's a great guy. Talk to him every now and again. Still talk to some of my buddies from the Astros. Um, I know Kevin with the Texans, he's uh, the head guy. Dan is at Dynamo, and then up in Austin is obviously my boss in Round Rock, or what was my boss in Round Rock, and then um, just a lot of connections there. Uh, no DK at Texas Rangers. The I know the assistant at Austin FC, but Austin FC was fairly new. So that's just kind of to answer that question. But I look forward to meeting and getting to know Trevor and Travis when the, the time comes. You mentioned it just there. You wound up going the baseball route. You worked the last two years as the assistant groundskeeper for the Round Rock Express. And now, obviously, after two years there, you're the head groundskeeper with the Wichita Wind Surge, who, again, start their season. If folks are listening to this on the day this episode comes out, they start their season tonight, weather permitting. What was the what was the thought process after the MLB season, after the 2018 season ended, about sticking in baseball or sticking in in golf what was the what was the job application process and where did you think you would land so connections is huge uh, funny enough the head guy for the astros worked was the head guy in corpus christi or hmm. corpus christi excuse me and then the head guy after that was the president of turf operations of our street turf which is our uh operations in ground rock and then the head guy after him was my boss, head groundskeeper for Dell Diamond. So the, that chain there, then those three guys knew each other. So when I was in Houston, I saw the Round Rock job open up and I applied. I think I applied at 9.30 in the morning and I got a phone call at like 2.30 in the afternoon. And I, I obviously don't know what he said, but I was told that Izzy said some good things to the point where I guess in Round Rock they felt like they had to hire me. <laughs> um, but it was those it was those connections there. So golf never really stood a chance with with those contacts you made. I would say so. <laughs> uh, it was never my intention to stay in golf. Okay. Um, I I've actually been on five different golf courses. The one I started in fifteen, mm-hmm. and then I took a, a internship just for credit hours in Kansas city in the summer of 16. And then, um, I got to work on one when I was in school and then, uh, obviously the assistant soup job. And then I got to work the John Deere classic in 2016 oh, yeah. as well. That was yeah. a lot of fun. 
Alex Studeman out there at uh, TPC. Great Day guy. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yes, great guy. He was actually the very first guest on this podcast when it started about two years ago. No kidding. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. that's cool. Love Alex. What were the other courses you worked on? Shoal Creek, and then its sister co- uh, course, Tin Liberty, is. Uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the sister course now. But Shoal Creek Country Club there, and then Paradise Point in Smithville, Missouri, and then Willow Ridge up in Fort Dodge, Iowa, is where I went to school at. Uh, those were the other ones that I was on. Now, before we started recording, you had mentioned that the wind surge job, again, you were the first head groundskeeper in team history. There had not been affiliated minor league baseball in Wichita in more than a decade since the Wranglers folded up back in sometime in the aughts. But you had mentioned that might be a career job. Like wherever you wind up your first head job, you might be there for 20 years. Do you ever forecast a scenario where you might leave uh, turf and, and go back to golf, or are you just you're you're basically probably turf for life now. You never know. Through all these job opportunities that really kind of just come about, I've been very fortunate for them to land in my lap. Uh, so I never know. I mean, I don't, and it just depends too. I'm married, and if my wife, you know, one day gets a, a better medical job she's in the she's a nursing student right now so she'll just be starting up once she graduates you know she gets it it all it all depends if she gets a job and maybe it has to move us then i have to there's not a sports turf job i i I wouldn't mind going back to golf i really do like golf don't get me wrong it's just i have a passion for baseball and that's kind of where my passion lies right now uh the other thing i've always thought about is, is golf is it's a little bit more friendlier to the family side where it's a little more structured, you know, five to two and then a weekend here or there where uh, sports turf, unfortunately, you're not working all that time, but on a game day, I'm there from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. I mean, and I can't leave. It's it's uh, it's just the nature of it. Um, so maybe when we have a family someday, but for now, I see myself being at Wichita for quite some time. And one other off-the-course bit, you, you just mentioned her there, your wife, Hannah, who's finishing up uh, nursing school back in back in Texas while you were in Wichita this year. And, and as you mentioned before we started recording this, you're both able to go through very demanding years building really everything uh, for the turf of, of uh, the wind surge this year, and she's wrapping up nursing school. But you met her while you were in Houston, so off the course in I don't, I don't know how you found time uh to find a girlfriend who is now your wife while you were working 18 19 hours a day but you managed to do it yeah so you know church has always kind of been an important part of my my life and i try to go anytime i can when i'm not working uh so found a pretty cool church but then funny enough is is i actually knew her i would say eight or nine months before we started dating and it was one of those things that we just kind of were in the same group. And so my friend, my group of friends would hang out with her group of friends. And then I, uh, uh, shoot, what was it? 2018, I guess, like September, we went out just one-on-one and I was like, what, what have I been missing out on? Like, Holy cow, I should have done this nine months ago. (laughs) Um, when I first moved to Houston and yeah, and then that developed now funny enough, and she's going to kill me for telling this story, especially over the podcast, but I love it, um, <laughs> is 
So I wanted it to kind of be special. We kind of knew, okay, let's we're we're getting serious. Let's make this official. We'll we'll really start dating. You know, call it boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, and I wanted to wait until the 2018 season was over because just busy, and I wanted to be able to give her the time that she deserved. And she actually asked me, she's like, so when are you going to ask me to be your girlfriend? And I said, well, I want to wait until the season's over. Okay, how long is that going to be? Well, if we make World Series, it could be another three weeks. She goes, three weeks? No, ask me right now. I'm like, okay. So I asked her to be my girlfriend, and, well, we're married, so it worked out. (laughs) If only you worked grounds for a cruddier team that didn't make the playoffs almost every year, it would have been a lot easier. Right? (laughs) But it, it worked out, so it was fun. That's fantastic. Ben Hartman, the head groundskeeper of the Wichita Wind Surge. Season starts, again, weather permitting, a little later today. Anything else you want to bring up, anything you want to plug or promote or anything you're looking forward to in this inaugural season uh, as the head guy, anything we didn't talk about? One thing I love is making connections and reaching out. So I will absolutely try to give as, as much time as I possibly can to you guys. If you want to reach out, my email is on uh, the Wind Search page and uh, would love to meet people and talk to people. Um, pick pick your brain. You can pick mine. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm definitely willing and, and, and wanting to meet more people. So as you guys are listening to this, if you want to reach out, I'd love to meet you and talk to you for sure. And since it's on there, I'll just I'll just read it on the podcast. If you want to reach out to Ben, B Hartman H A R T M A N at Wind Surge. It's the name of the team: W I N D S U R G E dot com. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. Well, Ben, thanks so much. Have a great first season and everything else that that comes with it. We'll be following you. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. My thanks again to Ben Hartman for taking some time to step off the course. My thanks to AquaAid Solutions for their continued sponsorship of the series. And my thanks to all of you for listening to all the podcasts on the Superintendent Radio Network. New episodes of Beyond the Page, Greens with Envy, Off the Course, and the OG Tartan Talks right here every Tuesday. Our May issue is online now. It features a great cover story by Guy Cipriano about Vineyard's Golf Course in Fredonia, New York, which you might have seen earlier this year on the TV series Small Business Revolution. What does it take to unite two local nines into a single course? How do you build a course in a small town? Find out at www.golfcourseindustry.com slash magazine. You can read more industry news and notes in our Fast and Firm newsletter delivered every Tuesday to your inbox. Sign up online at www.golfcourseindustry.com. Golf Course Industry is produced by Guy Cipriano and me, Matt Lowell. Our columnists are just the best. Terry Buchan, Henry DeLosier, Bradley S. Klein, Tim Morgan, and Matthew Wharton. We have some incredible regular contributors, too. Tyler Bloom, Trent Bouts, Lee Carr, Ron Furlong, Judd Spicer, John Torsiello, Anthony Williams, and Rick Wolfel. Our publisher is Dave Zai. Our sales team is Russ Warner and Andrew Hurricane Hatfield. Jim Blaney designs the magazine. Lori Scala makes sure everything goes where it should. Avril Braden and Christina Warner make sure you all receive the magazine. Kelly Antle makes sure we all get paid. Michaela Dodrell handles production. Irene Sweeney does more than anybody can keep straight. 
Tom Bauman, Patrick Briol, Anna Kolar, and Cody Minnick make up our IT team. Anna has already purchased a home and gotten married this year. I would say 2021 is off to a fine start for her. Thomas Vidmar handles our classifieds. He has a tremendous beard. Our president is Chris Foster. Above all else, we couldn't do what we do without you. Thanks so much for listening. Won't ever stand the strain And I need you more than want you And I want you for all time And the Wichita lineman Is still on the line